host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome to the Resilient Minds Podcast, everyone. Um, today, I'm really grateful to have with me a dear friend. Um, he's been instrumental in my growth um, over the years, and he's, he's honestly such a great heart-led leader um, among this planet, um, and I'm gr- very grateful. This man has been, he's a family man, he's a speaking coach, he's a business mentor, a legacy builder been featured on TEDx, Huffington Post, Forbes, Success, and Inc. Magazine. I want to tell you that this legend, he supports mission-driven entrepreneurs, experts in building a highly profitable, impact-driven, client-based business so that they can find their message, own their voice, create massive impact, and build a huge, huge legacy like he's done himself. So, Please help me welcome Mr. Yaya Bakar. Thank you for coming, brother. I'm going to celebrate myself because that was, bro, you're amazing. That was, that was, an, I feel like I need you everywhere. I go. <laughs> Man, I'll never struggle with low self-esteem again if I have arrogant people. <laughs> um. Freaking love you, bro. It's so good to have you, man. How's things? Likewise, How's everyone? How's- Everything is good, man. Um, you know, I think since last time we talked, I... I have three kids in less than three months. Uh, <laughs> no, but the true story, I have, I, have, I have three kids now under three years old. My, uh, my first daughter, she is now at the time of this recording. Um, she's two months old. I'm oh, sorry, not two months, two years old and uh, two months. By the way, if I, if I slur my words, that will hap- that's what happens when you have sleep deprivation. Right? It just happened again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, bro, I'm, run, I'm running on like two hours of sleep for the whole month, right? So I don't know, I don't know how I'm gonna make any type of gains, whether it be business, family, or, or body gains. But I'm doing, I'm doing the best that I can, man. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know how they say like new levels, new devils, or you know, um, I'm sure you've heard the saying, more money, more problems. Well, I, I feel like as you, as you evolve and you go to a new level, you have, a, a, you have better problems to solve, right? And you, you're forced to grow. Your identity is forced to grow. So I feel like at this stage of my life, I'm going through a, a powerful, pressure-filled experience. Uh, and, mm. and I don't have the luxury to be indecisive. I don't have the luxury to be immature. I don't have the luxury to complain. It's just a matter of stepping up and showing up and giving everything that I got uh, for my family, yeah. for my legacy, for the people that I care about, for you. you know? So it's, like, it's, been, it's been a huge shift for me you know so yeah dude and it's crazy like i remember i remember i remember when um your wife was pregnant you know just like it, it feels like it was yesterday and all of a, you know remember i remember being in mexico and you going away on mexico yep. at the same time yep. just be like bro I'm, I'm enjoying myself i'm taking it easy and it's fast it's so crazy how fast time just flies by and speaking of know, time I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, totally go ahead, you. please. No, because you just, you said time and I saw fly and I was like, oh my God, time. Yes. Like one thing I will say, if or when you ever decide to have kids or most people who have kids, right? The relationship with time is completely different. Like I've never been more protective and conscientious, I can't even talk, conscientious of time 
after I've had kids because I see it like when you start a business, when you, when you build a relationship, when you're doing something like there is that nine month window of building. And it's like, the pressure is real because regardless of what's going to happen, it's good. It's going to grow without you. Right. It's going to, it's going to, it's, it's, it's there. There's no way you can control it. So it's like my relationship with time has changed completely too. So that, that all I just wanted to say was about like how valuable time is and how precious it, it really is. Not just from a knowledge thing, but from an actual experiential thing. It's crazy right now too, right? Like, so how many people were using, you know, the condition around us with everything that's going on and, you know, understanding it's like Tony says, we're drowning in information, but starving for wisdom. So what are we using all this beautiful time for to start really implementing and get it, getting it to the next level? So, you know, you know, you know how, you know how we want to turn our X factors all into our Y factors. You know how I, I mentioned that about the show and I just wanted to, you know, really touch on your X factor because I want to just t- tell everybody here that a couple of years ago when you were on another podcast, um, I remember working out, fucking grinding, just working out and listening to Yaya in my ear. And this man like inspired me. This man, his, his, his resilience through what he's been through and what he's put up with, it's what's what attracted me to him and how we were, I was so grateful to be able to learn from this, this gentleman, you know? So please, do you mind sharing some of this beautiful X factor, this resilience that you've been through and, and a little bit about the story, the experience? Well, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I have the X factor, but um, I, what I will say is um, if, if, I, if I could go back in time, just to make a long story short, uh, you know, I was born in Saudi Arabia to a Muslim Syrian father and a Buddhist Thai mother. Um, and, you know, my biological mother was 10 years older than my father at that time. And when they had me, I was born in the Holy Land for Muslims all around the world in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. And so... Uh, th- Long story short, again, their, their second language was English. My dad's first language is Arabic. My mom's first language was Thai. And so they didn't even know how to communicate with each other, probably, right? So you could imagine, I mean, you put the pieces to the get, together, um, they, they ended up getting a divorce, right? So I grew up not knowing who my birth mother was. My father got married a couple times. His third wife uh, was uh, my stepmom who raised me as her son. And she brought me to the United States. And I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's the hood. It's like one of the, one of the, it's one of the most difficult places to live. Um, people, just some, some of my friends, they joke around like, bro, you did not, you were not, you were not raised there. I was like, bro, yes, I was, man. It was tough. Um, anyway, what ended up happening was I grew up having like an identity crisis. And what I mean by that is not in the traditional form of identity crisis. I just didn't know where I belonged or who I was because I felt like I had no, I had no place. You know, uh, my stepmother, she was a U.S. citizen, but she was from Iraq. And I didn't know that she was going to raise me until I actually flew out to New Jersey uh, from Saudi Arabia by myself. I was five years old at that time. So you can imagine for a young kid, it was like hard. So I always felt like I was on my own um, and I had to figure things out on my own, even though I wasn't. I don't know if you could feel like that or, or uh, if you've ever felt like that, or you could relate to that. But that was my, my growing up experience. Um, and it got to a point where, you know, throughout my teenage years, uh, my stepmom loved her. She was my rock. She still is. I have an amazing relationship with her. But I still was wondering, like, where was my father? Where was my, where was my, my birth mother? My father wasn't really in the picture. He, um, 
he was a travel agent, so he's always traveling. And he didn't really start coming back into my life until I was about, I want to say 11 or 12 years old, which is a prime time for a teenager, especially a boy, right? At that, at that age, uh, a, a boy craves, craves the attention and the leadership of the masculine figure, uh, the father figure, right? And so mm -hmm. when he came back, he basically told my, my stepmom that he wanted a divorce. So I had to make a decision. Do I live with my stepmom who raised me as her son for all these years? Or do I live with my father who wasn't really in the picture? And now I have to figure myself out and come back, you know, and, and, and you know, have that father figure around me. So I ended up leaving with my father. Uh, my stepmom was heartbroken. Uh, and that was a, probably the worst move for me because my father wasn't mature enough to be a dad. So we were going from hotel to hotel to hotel to hotel. Um, and I was just having the time of my life because I was just with my dad. So I wasn't judging the whole thing. Um, it got to a point where we finally found an apartment and I was 14 at the time. And he was like, listen, I got to go to work because I need to make money. And the way that he makes money is in the Middle East. So he had to fly out for three months there. He gave me like 300 bucks and told me to take care of myself. I'm a man now. Right. Wow. So at the age of 14, I was like, all right, I got to be a man. But guess what I did? I partied, man. I invited, I was, I was the dude in school. It was like, yo, I got no parents. What? We're going to go to his house. We're going to party. So you can only imagine. I was like, I was like, uh, how should I say, uh, your, your parents' worst nightmare. Like, like you don't want your, <laughs> you don't want your, your kids to hang around with me because I would be a bad influence. Um, but that's when I started realizing like, you know, I made some stupid decisions, got involved with the wrong people. And I'm sure everybody has their own version of that. But, um, but I learned from my mistakes early on. And then I met my, my girlfriend uh, at the age of 15. She's now my wife and I have three kids with her. We've been together for over 16 years now. Uh, but she was kind of like my Hail Mary in a sense. Like she was the, she was the person like, that came out of nowhere, the angel in the skies who just showed up mm -hmm. for me. And, and I got to learn love through her example. Uh, and we, I mean, that's a, that's a story in and of itself. Like our, wow. our love story is like crazy. Just think about it. Cause we went through, different religions and long distance for five years and doubting whether we were meant for each other and back and forth. Like I went through the whole thing with her. So we really grew together in a lot of ways. And we still are as we learn this new dynamic of not just loving each other as intimate partners, but loving each other in the roles of father, mother, husband, wife, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's interesting as we grow together, that, how fluid that can become. Um, but yeah, so I grew up and, uh, professionally speaking, I think um, when I was uh, when I was 18, I graduated high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got a full scholarship to Arizona State University. I was I thought I was going to become a doctor because my parents pressured me to become a doctor. I wasted four years of undergrad um, with one semester left until I was supposed to get my degree in, in physiology and health with a minor in psychology. And I said, nope, college is not for me. I dropped out with fifty thousand dollars of student debt. My father kicked me out of the house. Uh, my friend invited me to his home and was like, bro, you should become a motivational speaker and life coach for young people. I was 21 at the time. This was back in 2000, end of 2010, uh, beginning of January, 2011. So, um, so yeah, I was just like, bro, that's the dumbest idea. No one's going to listen to me. I'm not, I can't be a motivational speaker, life coach too young. He's like, just sleep on it. You're a positive guy with a big ass mouth. I think, I think you have a future there. So I was just like, okay. So I went on, <laughs> I, I slept on it. I went on Google the next day. I looked, I, I literally just searched motivational speaking and life coaching programs for young people. And I found two programs after some research. One was a guy named Josh Shipp, 
uh, who is the founder of Youth Speaker University. The other was Tony Robbins, who had a training program called Robbins Madonna's Training for Center. Robbins, Rob, I can't even talk about it. It's too fucking long. Robbins Madonna's Training uh, uh, for Strategic Intervention, right? Yeah. RMT for short. And so I, I had $50,000 of debt, student debt, no job, no degree. I'm staying at my friend's house because my father kicked me out and I have $47 in my bank account. And I have to figure out how to get an, a total investment of $9,000 to join this. And that, that's a lot like back in the day. Yeah, 100%. Right? That, that's, that's a lot. So I was just like, where, where in the hell am I going to get that much money? And I see a video by Tony Robbins. It's not about the resources. It's about being resourceful. Resourceful. Right? So, <laughs> right. so I was like, all right, I'm going to get resourceful. I'm going to figure it out. And I, I think, I think, you know, what, I, what I'd like to share uh, in this episode today is like the, the five pillars of what I believe to be success uh, without sacrificing the ones you love. Um, because, I, you know, Tony Robbins says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Uh, and I think success uh, without um, success while sacrificing the ones who've helped you get to where you are is the ultimate failure as well. Right. So, mm -hmm. so for me, is I was very, very intentional about making sure that I took care of the people who were with me when I had nothing. That was, that was super, super important for me. I'm a loyal type of guy um, in, in that sense. And so I figured I just called a bunch of people to see if they could help me in this new dream of becoming a motivational speaker and life coach. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I just psyched myself out, I'm gonna do it. Um, I got two jobs as a waiter and as a chiropractor's assistant. Uh, and then I ended up raising $4,000 just from cold calling a bunch of people and you know out of like a bunch of people they said no and then maybe I think two said yes and I ended up raising four thousand and they just took a big risk on me and I was just like okay I it just it gave me belief like okay I can do this and I have to do this now because people invested in me right so yeah. so I went all in um, and then within one year I became a full-time speaker I was one of the youngest graduates in Tony Robbins coaching program um, I, I mainly went to this program to, for myself not necessarily to help other people but I ended up helping other people later on in, in my career. byproduct yeah exactly exactly and then I just did that for my speaking I did that for a good eight years in 2016 I had over 120 page speaking engagements all around the world um, it was awesome loved it but it wasn't the best business model. And so, so what, what, one thing that I will say in my journey, the first thing that I learned, uh, regardless of where you're at right now in your life, if you're listening to the Resilience Mind podcast, is the first key to, to success is your mindset. And mm -hmm. I didn't know it at the time, but I had an all-in mindset. I had a whatever-it-takes mindset. I had my back is against the wall. I'm going to figure out a way. I had a sink or swim mindset, and I wasn't going to sink. I was going to swim. So I, I was incentivized to bet on myself, to go all in, because I had something to prove for myself. Right? It was, it, it's a simple identity shift. I think a lot of people, they're looking for someone to save them, and they secretly suffer in silence because yeah. they don't want, you know, they don't want people to know that they're struggling behind the scenes and they're desperately seeking the second pillar, which is mentors, right? And so what I knew early on was, okay, I'm going to have this mindset, but I can't do this on my own. I need people who can help me collapse time. And that was a power of mentorship. And so I invested in two of the best people that I believe were the best in those respective industries at the time. And I went all in and I put my money where my mouth was to respect my mentor's experience and expertise. And so I listened, I was very, very coachable. 
I did exactly what they told me to do and I got it done. I want to become their best case study. I want them to be the poster boy so they can be proud and they can give me more of their time, their energy, their attention. Um, and I didn't take that lightly. And with that, I learned, you know, as I, I learned from these mentors, I started executing. I didn't just take the information. I implemented the information. I started executing. I got results. I was speaking on stages. People were taking notice. I was one of the top speakers in the industry, uh, in the education market, speaking at high schools and colleges at the time. Um, and then, then this is where the third pillar comes in. And most people don't think about it until it's too late. And that is models. And when I say models, I'm talking about business models and role models. And, what, and there's a difference here. I like it. What are, I like it. Yeah. What are the best business models for you to have so you can become the best role model for the ones that you care about? And mm. unfortunately, too many people, they focus on the money as the motivator. Well, they just say, well, what do you, what do you want to make by the end of the year? Oh, I want to make a million dollars. But they don't ask, how do you want to make that? Because there's a difference between making a million dollars and spending 80 hours per week making that million dollars and maybe taking home only 100,000 uh, versus mm -hmm. making, let's say, 500,000 gross and working 10 hours per week and netting $200,000. Right. And I, I don't think people understand that. So when I was on the road speaking, yeah, sure. I was impacting hundreds of thousands of lives and it felt so good. Um, but I was a road warrior and I was thinking about the next stage of my life, which is building a family. And for me personally, I wanted to build a family that I never had growing up. You know, I learned from my, my father and my mother and, and what, I, what not to do. So I was like, I want to become a better role model, but I know I can't be a good role. I might be a good role model to other people on stage or on camera, but what about the people who are closest to me at home? How can I yep. be a better role model for them? And so I need to share. And I think that's so many. Yeah. I think so many businesses or, or like business owners, entrepreneurs are forgetting about that combination, how it actually ties in back right. into their experiences at home. And I think no, nobody better, like, because even when, when you and me spent time together and worked together, you know, having that, that, that capacity, where you literally were able to, you know, look after, look after your community, look after, you know, me as, as, as one of your clients, right. you know, and then all of a sudden turn out and say, you know, I got to go look after, you know, my loved ones. I got to go look yeah. after, you know, you know, you know, um, sorry, I forget your wife's name. Kate, Kate, Kate. That's right. Kate. Yeah. I have to go look after Kate, you know? And yeah. that's the thing is when, when you mentioned suffering, like Tony says, suffering is living in any state that is not beautiful. Mm. And how many of us are, focusing on that mindset where they make a decision to focus on the conditions that are outside of our control rather than right. making the decision and having the people to, to attach us to. So I just yeah. wanted to leave a note there because I think that that was really impactful. And for anybody listening that this type of resilience is so implemental, not just in business, but in your life in, in, in how Yaya has been able to do that. And I can tell you personally that he's been able to do that because he's been there for me and then he's been there for his family and he continues to show up in a massive way in the planet. Right. And, mm. um, yeah, you guys are in for a treat. So sorry to interrupt, but I think that that no, was just no, really please. important that I wanted to emphasize that because it yeah. was extremely, extremely for me that like that, these are the, these are the moments that I recognize mm. even when, when, before we knew each other, bro, right. that I was like, fuck and like drop the mic, you know? Right. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's huge. And I feel like the next wave, the next generation of leaders, 
uh, that are stepping up, they're going to be more sensitive to the models, right? Because I mean, for me personally, I have a standard to who I listen to. You know, uh, I always say, okay, is the person that I'm listening to, is that someone that I would gladly be willing to, you know, trade places with, you know, and, and, and health, wealth, and love life, right? So it's not just in one area, it's health, wealth, and love. And so like, it's, it's the role model and the business model. And oftentimes what I found is somebody might have, you know, great success monetarily, but they've done it at the expense of their families, right? And, and that to me is a non-negotiable, right? So, so when you have the mindset, when you have the mentors, when you have the right type of model, and I recommend everyone move online because being online, you can reach people at scale. It's location and time independent. You can monetize your skill properly if you move online. Uh, if you have advice, knowledge, or, or an expertise that can add a tangible, measurable problem in the marketplace, and you do it in such a way where it actually helps alleviate pain and fulfills desires, then there's something that for you out there in the marketplace. And people right now, the whole wave with what's going on at the time of this recording uh, with the whole coronavirus and the economy shut down. I'm in the United States. I know you're in Australia at the time of this recording, but like it's, it's, this is the first time in, in history uh, that something's happening at this scale. Nothing has ever happened to this. And people, people are being forced, are being forced to grow. People who used to have the employee mindset, they don't have the luxury to be employees anymore. They're forced to become entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs, right? They're forced to, they're like anybody who's looking for a sense of certainty and security, goodbye and good luck. Anybody who's looking for a paycheck or a promotion or a pension, bye-bye. That's, that's not going to be part of the normal reality anymore. So, so the reason why I'm getting passionate about this, because this leads me to the fourth pillar of success, the mission, the mission in my twenties, I'm 32 years old. Um, at the time of this recording, I just had my birthday last week. My birthday is on April 15th, which is tax day. Your birthday, your birthday was just recent. Was it April 16th? No, no, no. My birthday's coming in next, next week. We're, so oh, we're both 32. Oh, we're, okay. We're gotcha. both 32. Um, but I'm actually, I'm turning 33. This is my 33rd. So, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you got, you got a year ahead of me. You overachiever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, in my 20s, I would say that was the year of discovery for me. In my 20s, I was discovering who I am. And the first three M's, the, the mindset, the mentors, and the model, it put me in a position where in my 30s and beyond, it's all about fulfilling my destiny. So I'm going to share a quick story with you. Two days before my birthday, and this happened very recently, like two weeks ago, two days before my birthday. Um, taking care of my son, his name is Taj Legacy, and uh, um, you know, I'm just, I just fed him, and now he's you know lying in my arms, I'm rocking him to sleep, and it's, what's his name? Taj Legacy. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's so, so, so such a sweet name, man. Sorry, Ta Taj, yeah, that's a Taj, awesome name. Taj means uh, crown in in uh, in Sanskrit. So so I mean, heavy lies ahead that wears the crown. Hopefully, I'm not going to put too much pressure on him. But, uh, but you know, I'm just, you know, right now he's not wearing a crown. He's a little prince to me. So he's laying down and, and I'm just like looking into his eyes, even though his eyes are closed, but I'm just looking at him and I'm wondering, I wonder what he's going to think of me and say about me when he's 18 years old and he grows up, you know, mm -hmm. and I wonder if he'd be proud of me, of all the sacrifice that I've made because he doesn't know me, me before, before he came into this world. He doesn't know what got me to where I am. Uh, today to give him the life that he will have, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, 
And so I looked at him and then all of a sudden I get a text from one of my mentors who's also a part of my team. His name is Simon. And he, you know, at that time it, you know, there was a, in, in the United States, they were talking about the unemployment rates or applications. And it was 17 million unemployment applications, which in 19, between the 1960s to now, that's never happened ever. Like the most was like, I think like 200,000 unemployment in a year, like, and it went to 17 million and now it's over 22 million, right? So, uh, which is crazy to think of because of what happened, it's a complete lockdown. And so yeah, no I, I started crying. I started crying um, when my wife came, she's like, what's wrong? And I just like, I got, I had a moment where I realized like, I'm so grateful for the life that I built. I feel like I've achieved my dreams. Everything that I ever wanted, I have, and, I've, and I'm grateful for it. But I still feel like it wasn't enough because I haven't fulfilled my purpose on this planet yet. Mm. And so it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for me to have it. So like, it was like a, it was a, it was a different shift. You know how like Tony Robbins talks about the higher, the, the six human needs. Like yeah. I, I, I literally shifted from significant. So at the bottom you have, you have certainty, then you have uncertainty or variety, and then you have significance, and then you have love and connection, then you have growth, and then you have contribution. I literally, yeah. I, for the first time, I'm like, I've always wanted to be contribution, but I don't think, I think I was driven by more by significance, wanting to feel recognized. hundred percent. I was in the same yeah. freaking boat, dude. hundred yeah. percent. It's so fascinating. Cause literally as you're saying that when I was at date with destiny, it was like a shift happened. Like, like, hold on. This is not about fucking me anymore. This is about right. something greater. This is about the yeah. purpose, the mission yeah. the drive to, to really create something. And so in growth and contribution, how, that's how you can fulfill at the end of the day. Cause significance is going to come as a byproduct, right. but it doesn't right. need to be the first thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it's not, not to say anything wrong about significance. It's just, it serves its, its purpose. Right. And it's exactly. like, I felt like at that point in my life, I was like, Oh, okay. This is not about my life. Cause I've achieved everything that I've ever wanted. I'm grateful. I want what I have. Right. So I'm, just, I'm extremely appreciative for it. Um, but now it's about solving a bigger problem. So it's, it's interesting. I felt so much pressure for me to show up and that pressure allowed me to experience a new purpose, which is now my new mission is to, to build 10,000 leaders to help a million families become financially free so they can truly leave a legacy by April 15th, 2022. Right. So it's such a clear vision for me right now. It's a clear mission. It's a clear purpose. And I have a step to it. Like there's a, it has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with my powers and my abilities and my gifts and my, as you would say, X factor. It now has become my Y factor. And so I'm just like, all right, this is what, what this is about right now, which leads me to my fifth pillar of success, the movement. It's the movement. So the first four were mindset. Second was mentor. Third was the model, having the right business model so you can become a better role model. Fourth was the mission that you're, you're, you're going to champion, the crusade that you're going to champion. And then last but not least, the movement that you're going to build and create with your message, right? And your mission. Mm -hmm. And so that, in order to create a movement, in order to create something so powerful, the vision has to be so much bigger than you. It has to enroll other people's vision. They have to see themselves as part of that movement. They have to see themselves as part of a bigger cause. That's why some of the people that we look up to, that, that we admire, it's almost cultic, like it's, it's like a cultish, but they've built a culture, right? They built, they built something where they make people feel a certain type of way because they feel like they, they are the, a part of the whole. 
and they understand that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. They understand that they're mm. not just a drop of an ocean. The, the, the ocean is contained within that drop. So the, their whole identity shifted and now they understand that they're, they're a significant piece of that puzzle that where they're gonna, they're gonna create a massive movement where they're gonna move mountains literally because of the energy and the vision that is gonna be required to shift consciousness on this planet. And so that's, that's what I would say as in a nutshell would be the five pillars to success. <laughs> Dude, and, and now everybody that's listening knows why me and this guy can get along so, because we have the same passion and energy that we just want to put out there into the world. And I'm telling you that, that, that like Yaya is, is always at this type of energy. He's always given out this type of passion. He's always given out something great into the world. He's always putting out great energy, great love, great enthusiasm. So it's, it's honestly, bro, like that, those five, you know, um, pillars are something that, you know, every day, each and every person with a resilient mind continues to follow. So awesome, bro. So, you know, I think that those five pillars are so important. I'm, I'm freaking excited that you shared them. Um, it's super great. Um, so, you know, I know we have only a few minutes left to go here, but I really wanted to talk, um, and pivot a little bit with regards to defining success. You know, is there really, as you continue to evolve your own brand, your own message, you know, what does that definition look like more to you every single day? You talked about purpose, right? You talked about, you know, creating that with your family. You talked about how that's important in com combining, you know, those pillars all together. How do you today continue to push with that resilient mindset after that why, behind the why to get you to the next stage? You know, it's so funny because as you're talking to me, I'm looking at my poster I have in, on my wall in my office. It says success, doing what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want. And I think that is the ultimate, that is the ultimate definition of freedom. Um, and I would, I, I would also add to that is uh, why you want to. Like getting really clear of why you're here on this world. Uh, in this world and wh why like why are you here what are you doing you know how you want to serve um, so so I think I think the definition of success can evolve over time um, and it will always change based on your own identity and your own growth be uh, growth because success like right now might become something completely different 10 years from now you know um, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of high performers um, and and what I've noticed is they're constantly leveling up you know they don't one thing I learned from one of my early mentors is that there is a, a path to, towards winning. And mm. one of the things that you have to be careful for when you, when you get to that stage in your life where you feel like you've won, you have to be very, very, very careful uh, because two things can happen. Number one, you can get complacent because you've achieved mm. it. Or number two, you can create a new vision. And I think when, when you get to a point where you've achieved what you always wanted uh that's when you get to create a new vision that can redefine what you want to do in this world right you can redefine your identity you can redefine your your purpose and your your why and so i think that's that's going to be the ultimate thing and it's, it's an ever evolving ever change just like a relationship you know I, you know i'm not in love with the same same woman that i fell in love with 16 years ago um you know i'm not the same type of person that i was 16 years ago and it's going to be the same thing people in another 16 years. People can change, people can adapt, and, and that's, you got to respect that process. So, um, so I, the, the whole thing is as I, as I get older and more mature and hopefully more wiser, I realize I don't really know everything that I thought I knew. And what I did know um, 
it, it's, it was based on just a perceived sense of security and certainty versus uh, an absolute truth. So I'm always open to adopting and adapting to the ever-changing environment of success. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because as you literally said, um, um, you talked about adaptability. Um, I remember a, an amazing quote by Charles Darwin, and he says, it is not the strongest of the species that survive, but the most adaptable. And I think that so many of us, especially right now, um, you know, at the time of this recording, um, it's so important to utilize these processes, these opportunities, these experiences to adapt, to give, to, to be, to utilize these X factors, these experiences, this resilience that we're, we're constantly push up against the wall, you know, or put our backs against the wall and put it out there into the world and follow that mission, that purpose. Um, so I think that that's like, like you just said, you hit the nail on the head with the adaptability component. So, um, when it, I'll, just, when add, I'll just add that add to that real quick, just because we're on that topic of adaptability. Um, yes. Something that you want to tattoo in in the in your conscious mind right now or your subconscious is adopt to adapt. Adopt the right mindset to adapt to a new environment, always and in all ways. Right. So if you're not willing to adopt the right mindset in order to adapt to a new environment, you're gonna hurt yourself because you're too rigid. You think you're strong, but you're really being stubborn. Um, and so that's another thing too. Like I got, I have so many business owners right now who are, you know, these are people, some of them are starting from scratch, they're employees, and now they have to create a new skill or find a new skill or develop a new skill in order to, you know, add value to the marketplace and figure out how to bring in revenue and income. And then there's the other types of people who are making over $3 million a year, but their model was an offline model, brick and mortar business. And now they're struggling, whether they're personal trainers or gym owners, restaurant owners, whatever you, you name it, right? Now they have to figure out how to adapt. And most people, their mindset is, oh, I'll just wait until things go back to normal. Yeah. And what I'm trying yeah. to say is things are not going to go back to normal. And I'm, this is not a, I'm not a doom and gloom type of guy. I'm not focusing on negativity or anything like that. I'm just helping people divorce the story that they're telling themselves so that they can create a new reality and possibility for themselves and for the people that they love. Right. So for them, they need to understand that your mindset has to sh shift immediately in order to adapt to a new environment because we're moving into a new economy. We're moving into a new environment. Um, relationships are the new currency. Um, if it wasn't before, it always actually was the currency and it is the currency, but now people need to value that more than ever. Um, because the, the way that we, we know of things is going to change. Like what an exciting time to be alive. Uh, why people see a mm. crisis, I see an opportunity, you know? And so, so that's why I'm like, embrace the challenge, embrace, embrace the pressure because the pressure is going to reveal a deeper purpose. If you allow, if you allow yourself to go that deep, you know, so. And I think that's one thing that we can touch on real quick too, is, you know, what's the thing that this, that, that, that separates you know, that million dollar business owner right now from, you know, everyone else, the one that's going to separate himself from the pact of like waiting rather than going in there and, and getting it and doing. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's just adaptation and, and, and implementation. Are you willing, are you willing to adapt? The way that I see it is like this. Imagine you go to Hawaii and you're on vacation right? You're just like, whether it's a honeymoon or whether you just want to get a nice tan or whatever it may be. And um, let's say I'm a, a seismologist. For those of you who don't know what a seismologist is, it's a person who studies earthquakes or the, you know, like I, I could understand earthquakes. So I felt an earthquake on the Richter scale, which is at a 10. I had no idea. Very, very, 
Yeah, it's okay. So I didn't know either until like last week. So, so let's say, let's say you find out that there's an earthquake. What happens when you get an earthquake and you're in a body of water? There's going to be a big wave that's going to come up. And because we're, we're, our economy is going through a huge earthquake right now, I, I'm a seismologist in a sense where I've studied economics uh, uh. to a certain degree. And I'm starting to see that there's going to be not just a wave, there's going to be a tsunami that's about to come through. And a lot of people are clueless because they're still trying to get a tan. They're still surfing. They're still in their bathing suits. And here I am, hey, dude, you're on your surfboard. I think you need to get to shore or better yet, we need to figure out, we need to get on a bigger ship or we need to create a bigger ship that's going to be tsunami proof if there is such a thing, right? And so most people don't understand that there's a big wave and they, don't only, they only want to escape the ocean uh, until it's too late, right? It's, it, it'll be too late until they do that. So what I challenge everybody who's listening to this is right now is like you need to adopt the right mindset, resilience mindset in order to create and adapt into a better environment. Um, and yeah. and it's, not gonna, it's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, but this is where you get to learn your skills and new skills. So whether they end up working with you so that they can learn you know, how to learn the skill set to, you know, increase their cash flow or monetize better, whether they find somebody else like a Tony Robbins or me or whoever it may be, the most important thing that you can do is learn new skills, which is kind of like, you know, on the path towards wealth, there are three paths, really make money, keep money, grow money. Right. And so you, if you don't know how to make money in this new economy, you have to learn new skills to make that type of money and you got to do it fast. Um, so I, I highly encourage every single one of you um, to either hire Eric as your coach and, and work with him immediately if you don't, because I, I, I vouch for him. I think he's a great guy and he knows what he's doing. And he's learned from the best. And I'm not just saying that because he's worked with me, but he's, he's invested in other mentors as well. And he puts his money where his mouth is and you should do the same. Uh, and if, you know, at, at a certain point, it's, it might be too high or it's too much. Find another program that, that at least you can pay for that will help you pay more attention to making sure that you're getting the results and the skills that you need to actually develop in order to succeed in this new economy. Right. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, just so anybody, for anybody that's, you know, looking to, you know, follow you, get to know you, see what you're about, you know, what, um, where, they, where can they find you? Um, and then of course, you know, we're going to leave, leave a gift in the show notes. So you yep. can also, you know, obviously mention that. Um, yep. And we'll, we'll leave it also in the show notes, but please go ahead. Yeah. So if, if you want to find me on social media, it's, my name is a little difficult to spell. So uh, just take out your, your pen and paper. It's, uh, it's Yaya Bakar. It'll be in the y show notes too. <laughs> okay. Uh, Y-A-H-Y-A-B as in boy, A-K-K-A-R. Yaya Bakar. Um, and uh, and a, a little gift. Here's what I'll do. So you could ask Eric. I'm not cheap by any means, um, but I'm <laughs> worth it in a, in a lot of ways. And so one thing that I wanted to do to give back so people who can't afford afford my higher prices uh they can't afford not to learn the new skills um you know especially the skills that we need so if you want to learn how to make more money online teaching others what you know using social media uh and learn how to speak more powerfully on camera or on stage uh you can go to sellmoreonsocial.com uh it's a five thousand dollar course but for everyone who comes from uh, uh eric's uh um, community, uh, just put in, in the, in the coupon code fast action, you'll save $4,000 right from the price tag. So, um, oh. there you go. That, that's my little gift to you. Um, uh, all I ask is to make sure that you get results, make sure that when you buy it, you tag both Eric and I, um, uh, with the, with the hashtag of, uh, sell more on social and, and that way he can get some credit too there. Um, 
and Eric, you know, there might, you might, there might be a specific link that you can have that you can put in there and I'll make sure you have that uh, in there. So yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll 100% throw that in the link there, bro. And last question, because I want to, I asked everybody this last question. If you had three days left to live, Mm. what would you do right now that you're not doing? I would go to the gym. Uh, I'd work out for, (laughs) I'd work out for at least an hour. Um, because if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in the bang. Um, I would, I'll probably call everyone that, everyone that I love and that I've taken for granted in some way, shape or form. Um, and I'd make my amends immediately. Uh, and that includes my clients and the people that I care about, cause I'm not a perfect leader by any means. Um, and then I would, I would make sure that my will takes care of the people that, um, that I'm passing my legacy on, you know, and then I'll just shoot a one final video and, and share it with the world of, of my last few moments on this earth and just say that remember that you're valuable because you exist you're valuable without having to produce value uh, and you know the the journey of life is a a journey of b to d which is and i get this i got this from a, a good friend of mine jim quick um who said it's a journey between birth to death and your job is to see see everything through, see your potential through, see what you got, uh, do whatever you can um, to give it your all uh, and make sure, you know, you live your life to the fullest by coming alive. Uh, My name, Yaya in Arabic means alive um, or actually means to me, he lives, which means his legacy will live forever. And so I want to just bring you guys back to life as you're listening to this. So if you have dreams that you've been stalling on or you've been procrastinating with, uh, you feel like maybe now is not the right time, just stop telling yourself that bullshit story because there's never going to be a good time. Life is just going to happen. Things are going to get in your own way. Uh, and so if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Yes. So go all out, give it everything that you got and, and know that there, we need different messengers for the same exact message and the world needs the message that comes from you because you lived an experience that no one else has lived exactly like you uh, and they need to hear it from you. So, uh, you know, step up, show up and give it all you got. Yeah, yeah, we love you, man. Love you so much, brother. It's so grateful to have you on the show, man. And, you know, I'm love sure we'll be in touch a lot, lot, lots and uh, yeah. blessings to you and blessings to the family. Much love to I you, I love bro. you, man. Love you, brother. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this. Your X factor always determines your Y factor.